Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Ellie, a bi-trans Lebanese woman living in America with my girlfriend, Alia, who is a lesbian. I'm calling in this time because I'm um, out of town and I'm Saudi American and yes, a quite confirmed lesbian. <laughs> and then we have a guest on today, um, Adam Darko. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. Can you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your background? Okay, so basically my name is Adam. I'm almost 23. I live in Montreal, Canada, and I happen to be an Algerian trans man. And I consider both of, both of these identities quite important to me. So yeah. Briefly, this is me. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And so do you speak French? I speak French. I speak Arabic and English. Nice. Sounds like Montreal was a, okay. yeah. having this, the language not be an issue, at least. Yes, it did really be an Algerian, at least. When did you move to Canada? Okay, so we're starting with that question. Because that is a long story. <laughs> go well, for we it. Are, we're a long we format. We have time. We're a long format podcast. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's go. So basically, I left Algeria first time in August 2017, and I originally left to Malaysia. So I had an Algerian friend there, and uh, she said that it was more peaceful because I was going through a lot in Algeria because I was a YouTuber. I was very out. You know, I had threats, okay. let alone like issues with family, you know, all the packaging mainly. Yeah. So I didn't have a long term visa in Malaysia. So I kind of did visa run between Malaysia and Indonesia for a while until May 2018. Shit went down. You told me I can swear. So thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, I was kept in the immigration detention for like almost a month. It's a long story, but luckily, I was already registered with the NHCR Malaysia. So they transferred my files to Indonesia because that's where I was deported. Wow. And they had to prioritize the case because I was literally trapped there. And I'm not even going to talk about the transphobia that I experienced there because that's a whole other story. And then blah, 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 the UNHCR. And literally everyone was involved in that case. And they ended up contacting the Canadian authorities and they accepted to have me. And I'm grateful because actually originally I already, I already loved Canada to begin with when I was in Algeria. That was my dream country to begin. Oh, so awesome. it, it unexpectedly everything happened too quick. So I ended up in Canada in June 2018. It's okay. a very long story, but I tried to let it oh out. Oh my god. Wait, so you were detained in Malaysia or in Indonesia? So mainly I did visa runs between them. So when I was doing the visa run in Indonesia and I left to Malaysia, Malaysia deported me back to Indonesia. And Indonesia oh, was wow. like, well, Malaysia deported you, so we can't have you neither need to go back to her, your home country. So I was like, oh, how about no? Whoa. Also, I already started transitioning there, so I don't look nothing like my picture. So, What kind of YouTube channel did you have? When I was in Algeria, I used to post more often than now, of course. And I did talk, oddly, I talked about trans issues. I talked about LGBT issues. Like, I was very wow. open about it for some reason. And I was also, this is important to me. I mean, it's not important to mention, but... I'm agnostic, so also the religious part yeah. I talked about, and it was also quite dangerous for me. So it was a whole lot of mess, to be honest. Did you get to, like, choose Montreal, or were you, was that kind of... Well, they were like, well, Canada accepted to have you, and I was like, yeah. well, I have a friend in Montreal, so they were like, okay, whatever. I don't know, it was all rushed, I literally had no idea until one day they were like, well, here's your ticket, let's go. No, right. It just sounds like they just wanted you out. No, I mean, I'm I'm grateful because they. It was very urgent. It was a mess. It was a whole lot of mess. I literally lived in the Indonesian airport for like almost a month. So that's not very nice. When you left Algeria, you had no plans to go to Canada whatsoever, correct? 
I did have the plans, but did I have the money? Did I have the exact specific plans, like which visa I'm getting? I didn't have all of that. It was just yeah. a wish, let's say, like hoping to go to Canada. Yeah. So when you were in Algeria, did you have a support system when you were somehow, transitioning? Somehow I managed to find a support system. It was mainly from YouTube. I mean, as much hate as I got. Also, the LGBT community that was very, like, closeted and so, like, they contacted me. I managed to make a whole group of friends made of only LGBT people in Algeria, and it was very amazing. Nice. Yeah. Sounds oh. a little familiar. <laughs> For sure. It is totally everyone's experience in North Africa and Middle East. Do you feel like things are improving in Algeria? Oh, my God. Okay, so shout out to Algeria right now, specifically right now, because it's going through a lot. Because a whole lot of mess is happening because they are trying to get rid of the president. But I feel like at this point, the people are exploding about everything. Literally, like, LGBT people are going out and carrying those signs, women's yeah. rights. Everyone, non-religious people, everyone just exploded at once. I just hope no war, no violence is going to end up happening there. That's all I'm hoping yeah. for. Yeah, we don't need another Egypt. Egypt. Oh, hell no. We don't need another Syria, another Egypt, another Tunisia. Oh, hell no. Not in Algeria. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, now, like, I feel that people somehow got progressive, especially with the access to social media, like, getting introduced to, like, the, out the outside world, you know? Because that's what we didn't have growing up. Because they tried to kind of, like, lock us up to not know that people like us exist, right? Yeah. How did you figure out the trans thing in Algeria with that? With that whole environment of being like closed in, limited information. I mean, was it strictly YouTube or did you hit something before YouTube was your thing? Um, like how did I realize I was trans? Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's something that despite of where you live, you always feel it as a kid. You always feel like something is not clicking. You feel quite unhappy. I know this is a very common trans narrative, but it happens like, you know, with your body, you don't feel like you fit in. And it wasn't just me at that point as a kid, even people around me, my mother, my brothers, everybody could notice that, you know, something is totally off. Um, but it was one of the things that we never talk about. Even me, I refused and I rejected to talk about that to myself for a long time until I reached the age of like maybe 19. And I was getting into adulthood and I realized like this is not the adulthood I want to get into. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the partner I had at, at the moment, because, you know, ever since forever, I only dated girls. So that was that. And, you know, she, she told me, like, when I was describing the symptoms that I was feeling, she told me, are you trans? I was like, what is that? So, yeah, wow. I did my research and I was like, well, at least there is a word to describe me now, you know, and my feelings are valid. Uh, were you able to were you able to stay together after that, like through that? Uh, well, she identifies as a lesbian, so... Oh, we know how that goes. Yeah, yeah you know how that I got goes. You. But, I got but you. We're, we're still really good friends, and we still yeah. talk about it yeah. now, because she was also a part of me, you know, a part of helping me to find, like, my yeah. name now, so... Nice. It's quite of a big deal. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you still have the friendship. I mean, it sounds like a good support, you know, good support. For sure. But that tr the trans narrative you have is cliche for a reason. It's because it's not isolated to just like the Western trans experience or whatever. You know? For real, yeah. It's yeah. really not. Yeah. And you just know, you just know, you know what I mean? I mean, you may not like it, but you know, that was... No, you may, you may not like it. You might avoid it. You might avoid to think about it, but you know something is there. So definitely not a product of that evil Western influence we always talk about. 
Oh, hell no. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Like, even as a kid, and I didn't have access to all these informations, and I used to ask my mother such questions like, this is irrelevant, but I'm like, why can't I be standing up like those boys? Like, why is my body not as functional as theirs in certain ways? You know, these, like, trans signs thingy that my mother as well cho- chose to ignore. Aww. Hearing these narratives is a good reminder. No, there's no evil Western influence at play. <laughs> oh hell no we are just the way we are and i mean like even the people that come up with that narrative should know that the north african and the middle eastern scene has had lgbt people throughout history and this is not new um kiltum is one of us so that's just one Uh, of the people that we all should say more oh yes oh yes she is yeah and everyone should follow musa al-shadidi and read more about that yeah. And, you know, Feyruz might have a little gay ruse in her. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I would like to believe that, because she's an yeah. icon, honestly. Well, there's that song, Al Bosta, which is about, she's singing to Alia. And I'm just like, oh my God. I don't know. And I know, I think it's like, it's a cover of someone else's song, but it just feels, I don't know, you get a little bit of gay ruse vibe from that song. You get the vibe. You get yeah, the vibe. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna. I, I choose to believe it. Same I'm going here. to respectfully disagree, and this is confusing Gadar with "I wish they were Gadar." <laughs> Somehow, yes, because Omkertum is totally, you know, proven. But Feyruz is like, she's just cute, you know. She loves everybody. I, I believe that she was LGBT friendly. I like to believe that. I think she was, and I, I could definitely, you know, she might have been on the spectrum. Let me have it. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so can you talk about being trans and being Algerian? What are some of the issues, especially since you've moved to Canada, that you've probably encountered? Like, what are some of the issues you've encountered with the overall LGBT crowd? As well as, like, getting your documents in order. Like, did they get your gender right when they took you in? No, actually, the... Unfortunately, I live in Quebec, and Quebec is the only province in Canada that requires a citizen citizenship, not a residence, to change your legal papers, which sucks. It will take time, but we'll get there. Um, there are many challenges that come along the way. In fact, in many different aspects. I mean, this is not LGBT related, but after transitioning, and I kind of, you know, I'm very passing. I like to think, and people read me as a cis male the whole time. So suddenly, like. I went from that life to the threat to people now because race is a thing here, you know what I mean? Oh my God. And it's something yeah. that I wasn't really prepared for, you know? Suddenly I became the threat and the scary part <laughs> in society. Um, yeah. But as in for uh, the LGBT crowd, it's hard to fit in, to be honest, because, you know, there are still parts of my culture that I would like to keep that I'm at peace with. I'm all, I like to always say I'm Algerian, I'm trans, and I'm a, unapologetic about it. Like, this Hell is me yeah. and me. And me being LGBT is not going to erase me being Algerian, you know, I just, because when I started to realize I was trans, I was quite getting to be whitewashed almost. And this is the struggle with many Middle Eastern North African fellows out there. I talked to so many and we all went through that phase. Like but you literally don't have to half our like literally half our guest list too for sure you don't have to be white to be lgbt you can just be who you are you know and it doesn't mean you have to adopt the local gay culture either you can do your own thing yeah yeah Yeah. i totally agree um in quebec have you found other queer middle eastern folks 
Yes, I have yes, one friend actually that is Syrian that uh, is also a trans man. So we talk about these issues all the time and I'm like, finally, there is someone I relate to. It's very specific. It's Middle Eastern. It's trans. Because when yeah. I hear the white trans narrative, I'm sorry, I can't relate. Like, in, yeah. not in any way. Like, I don't just come out to my parents, hey, I'm starting tea tomorrow. No, I had to put blood, sweat and tears into it. It really is life-changing when you find those people. Yeah, it, it is. It really cuts down on the therapy bills. Meeting Ellie was really important. I think she was the first other queer that I knew of queer Arab I had ever met. Just really life-changing. And then after that, I met several more. Just having, yeah, yeah, just having, people, having people understand all the cultural baggage, it just... It's so nice not to have to explain it and not have to be pitied, looked down on this way of, oh, wow, you, I don't know. It's hard to even articulate, but you know what I'm saying. Believe me, I do. You lived it more than us. I mean, we are in, we grew up in the U.S. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We still have, I mean, we have the family aspect and all that stuff to deal with, but you now transitioning and you know trans wise and also transitioning from one country to another like yeah you're probably seeing the difference of being within yeah being within a society where you don't have to explain your culture and then suddenly you're in a society where you have to constantly be answering these questions i know and i was like finally i don't have to explain the trans part now i have to explain the algerian part so cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Well, you're, you're like, I'll exchange one for the other. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. It works. Oh, my God. Uh, so, like, you're a musician, right? Yes. Yeah? What yeah. kind of music do you create? Okay, so basically I'm more into, like, hip-hop and trap-ish. Because also, like, I liked poetry. That's how I got into it. And I'm part of a record label called Transtrenders. Which with a Z, okay, it's trans trenders with a Z. This is important, uh, and it's a nonprofit uh, record label for trans artists. Actually, everyone is trans oh on the God. record label. The producer, you know, the artist, uh, yeah. people who direct music videos. Everybody is trans. We have mostly trans people of color on it, so that's also oh great. God. Yeah, I know it's life changing. And uh, actually, we're working on um, since you guys live in the U.S., we're working on the first ever trans music awards and it's going to be in new york brooklyn um next fall what? This, like 2019 fall 2019 fall 2019 yes okay yes that's the chance for us to me i mean she was asking if we could go and i was just preemptively yes for sure hell yeah you guys are so welcome and it's life-changing for sure because it's only trans artists nominated and also we get to get rid of like best female artists best male artists it's just artists okay that's amazing how did how how did the studio happen if you don't mind how did i get to be part of this did it start recently can you tell us a little more about it the record label um has been going on for more than two years i feel like it has been going on for a long time it first started off as the first hip-hop mixtape by trans people but then it kept going on because you know the founder is also my friend who is also the producer and then kept on and kept Mm. collecting like more artists and we're also neighbors so we get to work on music together all the time because half of us are in montreal and the other half is in new york 
Oh, okay. So this is why we have events in each place. And, oh. um, yeah, so actually, it's funny story, though. How did I get to meet him? We were friends on Facebook, like, two years ago from more than two years ago when I was back in Algeria and I talked to him and he was like I live in Canada I was like oh I dream about living there oh my god mm-hmm. yes I went through all of that and then I cut off literally everyone on Facebook I was like so isolated at that point when I started transitioning and then when I came here I met the guy on tinder you guys what no <laughs> what I know I know we matched I... on tinder and I was like isn't that the same guy and then okay. we got to meet Okay, yeah, I, <laughs> my life is a little extra. Life I know. is really extra. Dang. <laughs> okay, that's an example of how extra shit is. Let's like the truth. I like know. true life is the most extra thing in the world. Way more extra than any fiction. That's amazing. Right. Oh my yeah, god! So Did you know that we perform together? We do everything together. Nice. You know? Did you know already that he was in yeah. Montreal? Specifically? I already knew he was in Montreal, yeah. I already okay. knew he was in Montreal, but like, I lost his contact, and then we just matched on Tinder. I was like, mm, do you want to make oh me God. Yeah, sure. And then he like, lives he like five minutes familiar. away from my place. Right. You were meant to be part of this, this music. You know, it's label. crazy. Yeah. Can I just say, like, it hits me sometimes, and I'm like, am I really here? Like, am I really this progress? Do I really look like this? Because I transitioned the first year I left Algeria, so it's a lot of change to process at times, and I'm like, is this really happening? Yeah, it sounds like it's all happened really quickly. For sure. Let me reassure you, it's real, and you are beautiful. Oh, thank you. Agreed. Like, you Seriously, this is it's it's you. times like this I kind of regret we're not a YouTube channel. You should be. Uh we'd run into anonymous issues because not everyone on this channel is out and I've started to think like maybe we should just say fuck it and whatever. Whenever you guys are ready and whenever you're comfortable, like you don't have to push it. But you know, I'm out, I'm proud, yeah. and I'm more than out, I'm literally like everywhere, so Whenever you need anything, I could just be part of it. Or like, if you want to talk about trans issues within the North African Middle Eastern community, I'm down. I would love that. Yeah, I would love. Um, I would love to have a video with like other trans fellows in it. That's so cool. Um, we'll keep it in mind. Uh, our primary issue is, of course, family and uh, travel, like possible travel to Saudi Arabia. So yeah, hopefully that will not be an issue within a few longer. years it's just i hope so there's some stuff it's right totally there's, understandable yeah there's some stuff i have to deal with right now but like i'm hoping that within the next few years i can get to that place where i'm like you know what yeah i'm i'm done worrying about these people and you can burn uh, that last bridge yeah yeah oh, just like in the meantime yeah. would you would you ever be interested in being on the arabic side of the podcast we would sure okay sure. Yeah. We would be so honored. Uh, it's this guy Arabic. named. Not many people yeah. get to see that. Hell yeah! And I know exactly. Being on the English and Arabic side is pretty awesome. Um, Ahmed is the guy who runs the Arabic side, and he's awesome. He's Iraqi. Dope. Um He grew up in Iraq, and so he like he has experiences you know that we don't have, and and he knows uh, he knows Arabic unlike us. So. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're really glad to have that side of the podcast too. It's like, yeah, it's, it's quite important. 
Yeah, it's a way to reach more people. Yeah, because I fear other people in the Middle Eastern, like North African community, like are LGBT, but they don't have, but they don't speak English, so they can't access that information, you know. It feels really important. So when you were still in Algeria, were you creating music? No, I was not. It was not something that I planned on doing. I, when I was in Algeria okay. the last few years, I was just concerned about my safety. Like, I didn't even have a social life. I didn't go out much. I just go to university, home, yeah. overthinking. Um, it's very consuming. I know the feeling. When not, part of like part of it is safety, but part of it is like you feel like, why should I bother going out? I'm going to have to burn these bridges soon anyway, you know? Right, right. You, you just end okay. up living like a life that is in the future, you know, that is not there. You're like, I'll do this one day when I can. Yeah. Sorry, you might hear the cat meowing in the background. He's been warned um, of cat meows. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, if someone wanted to listen to your music, is there a place they could check it out? Oh, yeah, sure. They could just yeah. go on Transtrenders with the Z dot com. With the and Z. They could with a z and the, yeah they could even find us on instagram hit us up on spotify literally we're everywhere awesome facebook yeah oh that's awesome and then like if people want to connect with you can they follow you on instagram and stuff oh yeah i'm totally open my instagram is the adam darko feel free to dm me tell me your life girl like tell me Lied your experience slide into my dms like this is how it is <laughs> all right you heard you heard of everyone <laughs> actually i had do one you... more question what do, what are your uh, plans for the future now that you're an established artist that you're looking amazing and that you're still oh. in canada okay first of all i need to get top surgery out of the way <laughs> but that's that's not that deep so so i want us to reach as far as we can with the music and i want to quite build a community through that but mainly, honestly, it's, this is going to be so cheesy, y'all. But my goal, honestly, is just to access the people that I was in their position and tell them that you're going to make it. I'm going to be fine. Because I did not have someone with my experience to look up to, you know, yeah. and that could have cost me my life. So I had to do it. So if someone else is out there, I would like to tell them that you're going to be fine. I did it so you can. So that's what I want to reach out throughout music, throughout social media marketing and everything. I just, that's my goal in life. That's what I'm living for it's a TV, right <laughs> it sounds a little familiar yeah it Aww. sounds very familiar so even if it's cheesy we're all in agreement it's it's cliche for a reason for sure. i mean like when there's more of us we can diversify i guess yeah and, mm -hmm. and with our generation i think our generation is the one who needs to start this kind of thing because like we're the ones navigating social media for the first time and using it to to do that and to reach out um, to each other, connect to each other, because it wasn't that long ago that that wasn't possible. Yeah. And we didn't have all these social media platforms and it was really easy to feel disconnected and isolated. And so I think now it's kind of like our responsibility to make it known to people that, you know, they're they're never isolated. Never. They don't, ha they don't have to be. But um, yeah. it actually reminds me of something my dad said. He, uh, like when he was growing up in the 40s and 50s, uh, he was really into shortwave radio because that allowed him to like shortwave and ham radio because that allowed him to talk to people outside of his country. That was the Internet at the time. But like mass radio was always like government or large media control. Move to TV. Oh. Same story. Now that we have the Internet, like everyone can do it. But I also feel like there's the approaching danger of like a lot of the countries where there is a, there's a lot of oppression. 
uh, they're not really good at like handling the internet yet or filtering it and controlling it. So I feel like there's almost like a clock that's running down on how long we can produce this content and how long we can like start to change people's opinions a little or at least get the info out there because yeah. Yeah. that might be, be my like tech background just screaming paranoia at me. <laughs> Honestly, like I want to be out there as much as possible for those that can't be. And I'll do that. I'm, I'm, I already like feel good enough because I already have trans guys, you know, through, through YouTube mostly reaching me from uh, Kuwait, from Morocco, from Algeria too, um, wow. from literally a little bit of everywhere telling me that thank you because now we feel awesome. we're okay to exist at least. And I just want more of those people. Like I want to reach out to everybody. Definitely goals. Because I like I can only imagine how well I I've been there, but you know how hopeless it gets. Like it gets really hopeless at times. I've had moments, you know, not recently, but earlier in life, where I was just like, should I just pretend and play along with what they all want from me? You know what? I should just do the whole heterosexual thing, and life is going to be so much easier. And then you like, yeah, we all tried. We all tried. We all tried. Yeah, even after coming out initially like later on then i i've had these moments where i'm like i'm like why why am i doing this and then yeah. it's conversations like these that are so validating that you're like no i i made the right decision for real and i actually yeah. this is my turn to ask you Go. a question yeah. both of you and um yeah i i think because of our communities we have different approach to our families and families in our communities are very important so it's not yes. because you hear that narrative in the white trans community to like just drop their parents in a heartbeat you know and not blink and we're just not used to that we're not used mm -hmm. to handling that way you know with our families so how was that alia you want to go first uh for me it was well i met i really met my Saudi side when I was 16 so and then a few years later I came out and I realized I'm a lesbian so because it was so new to me to know all of them I was I really wanted to hold on to them uh, so that's my personal story I know it's like it's not the usual mm -hmm. the usual narrative but it was for me it was because like it was such a new connection i was like no i can't mess this up i just finally have formed That's these bonds too. these people that i've heard about my whole life and there are some who i i'm close to to a few of my cousins who know about me and they like know my full everything they know about ellie being my girlfriend they're supportive and then there are a few others who i just am somewhat close with not really it's getting it's decreasing but who i haven't talked to about it because they're in the older generation oh, and i yeah. don't i haven't gotten to that point where i felt like it would do any good maybe that's not a good way to think but like right now there are some people where i'm just like i don't know if this is gonna add anything to to our relationship or the people who don't know about me it's you know the relationship is still kind of superficial you know it's surface level even if in theory we're close, quote unquote, but it's not that deep if if they don't know much about me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with like the really overly religious people who are in Saudi, I'm just like, what's the point? Right. You know, right now. And the ones who I feel I really want to hold on to, they're the ones who do know 
at this point i feel pretty at peace with how it is like the knowing that I have been able to nurture those very few specific relationships that really matter. I felt at peace knowing that some other relationships will always just be kind of surface level, but they will still be there. But it's it's definitely not easy because families um, in Middle East and North African societies are so connected with each other. And yes. Yeah, like there's a, the family as a whole, it's, it's this really intricate network of people and they're always in communication with each other and stuff Fucking so there's WhatsApp. always yeah because thank you whatsapp um uh <laughs> i feel for like sure. whatsapp is used a I lot know. for family gossip <laughs> i know right my mother is on whatsapp like i don't know what it is like it's a family gossip forum <laughs> and so so because of that i also accept the fact that more people might know than are letting on and i'm kind of okay with that like if they want to if they want to approach me they can if they don't that's fine but i know in ellie's case ellie i think you have more of a, a I, narrative that people will relate more to uh it's complicated um yeah. so let's get started um so i came out to my parents when i was like 12 and at that point i was still pretty young and naive and stupid so i was kind of like okay if i come out you know maybe this will go all right and they found the letter i was writing to them before i was finished with it and they basically yelled at me for a couple of months and repeat at 14 16 and 18 till i stopped talking about it and i started transitioning at 22 like mm -hmm. 22 23rd birthday and i just do it quietly because i figure like you know what with how my parents reacted and how long they reacted for it and how long I gave them to try to give me a chance. I didn't think there was, it was going to go anywhere. Um, so I just, you know, got my own therapist, got hormones, took them, didn't say a damn word to them. And like I told them later, a little later when it was pretty obvious, you know. Yeah. But I was, but they also saw that, hey, I was finally not the eternally sad little kid. They would and know. And they do know, I'm sure. They, no, they knew. But like my mom just like didn't want to like talk about it or discuss it at all because it made it real. And my dad and my dad was like was basically had this fixed idea that I was going to be a prostitute. And that's why he was mad. Like one aspect that's really hard in your case is that your a lot of your social interactions were with your larger family, like your family as a whole. Yeah. So. When I came out, when I finally like came out to my parents and they finally listened to me, they basically said, you can't tell the extended family. And I was like, well, then I'm not going to be able to show up because, yo. Well, you're brave. Yeah, but, but eventually I wanted to go to do something. So I tried to dress the guy part. It did not work at all. I was bad at it. So I told people. Told them all at once at a big family gathering at my mom's house. It was messy. After like the chaos had sort of settled down a bit, like my uncle came up to me that night later, and he's like, and he basically says, "We're cool." Oh. Uh, so, but because of that experience with my mom's side of the family, that really put me off of like having anything to do with my dad's side of the family anymore too. Because my mom's side of the family is like all of them, almost all of them are college educated. Like they were upper class, like middle upper class in Lebanon, living in Beirut. They they owned a building. They basically had their shit together. My dad's side of the family like was a little less of that. They were a rural family from a small village, and a lot of them had immigrated here, but. 
that were very traditional. And some of them I could never tell, but I actually had an interesting moment thanks to Caitlyn Jenner. So, <laughs> and this is a new story for Alia too. Uh, so when I was, okay. so when my grandma was, my grandma on my father's side was dying, like uh, my aunt, her daughter, uh, and my dad, you know, would visit her in the hospital often. So sometimes, and I was still trying to dress down, you know, heavy coats, baggy clothes, you know, really tight sports bra. So I was kind of, I kind of figured how to pull off the guy thing a little better, but it was still pretty bad. And my dad was talking with my grandma and the doctors and my aunt and I were sitting down in this like cute little lobby, like watching some trash daytime TV and who comes on but Caitlyn fucking Jenner. And this is like early transition. And yeah. she, and after the segment is like, I'm just kind of like sitting back, gripping the chair, kind of sweating bullets. Because I'm like, shit, 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 you know? Oh my you God. Know? So my aunt turns to me and she's like, why would you, why, you know, because she doesn't, she's, she doesn't have the pronouns thing. It's like, why would he do this? Why would he do this to his family? And I, was, I said something along the lines of like, well, it's either that or he lies to them for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And she's like, and mm -hmm. she just kind of nodded and she's like, okay, I get it. Oh, and wow. Well, well glad, glad she did. I still held everyone at arm's length because I was pretty scared. But, uh, but later on, I went to one of my uncle's funeral on my father's side and saw everyone. They saw me and I was just like, because uh, like, I'm pretty sure at that point word had gotten around. And like some people shied away from me, but they didn't make a scene. And mm. a lot of others came up and talked to me like, hey, so this is where you've been. But I'm still pretty scared about hanging out with him because I don't want to. Because getting like my mom and my mom's side of the family on board was really hard. So, um, yeah. and I'm pretty sure my dad's side of the family would take it. But I'm also like I don't need that stress again. For sure. For Even sure. Even though I it's want very it. Painful. Aww. <sighs> don't worry about it. I mean, I don't know how I I did it or why I did it, but I did come out to my family when I was in Algeria, and then my family is very very strictly religious Muslim. I haven't talked to my father ever since I left. Well, he hasn't tried to talk to me. Oh. Yeah, but you know, but you know, the thing is, like, everything is possible because the people that truly care for you will see past that. Because my mother is very very religious, like. I have never met someone that is as religious as my family. Like, and the thing is, like, with time, when my brother told her, I have four brothers, only one of them I get along with, and he's very accepting, he uses the right pronouns, he's like, the best brother we could all dream of, you know, around the atmosphere. And he told her that I started transitioning because she has no idea, cause she didn't video chat me ever since, the, like, ever since I tr started transitioning. And now she got to a point when she realized she doesn't have a choice but to accept she in her life so she still texts me she asks about me are you doing right that's what matters ah, do you still get the I, I this is probably gonna sound a little insensitive but she is she pressuring you to find a nice person to settle down with no 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 not really not oh. really because we didn't talk about the parts of like who do i date right it's all ah. about me first because like we didn't we don't talk about my relationships ever you know, again, my family is very religious, so even the guys don't talk about it. Oh, because so. I know, like, after my mom got over it, she started asking me if I had any relationships and stuff. And and now that I've been dating Alia for a while, you know, it's like, so when are you guys getting married? Aww. So, but yeah, I was I was trying to end it on a little lighter note, be like, so are you getting the classical, you know, Arab male question from their mom? 
but I guess it didn't, it didn't work out. <laughs> but honestly, it makes me so happy seeing you guys together because I would love to date someone that is quite similar or would understand my culture because I think it's a very important part to me. And it's still very hard to find someone from our, our culture that would understand. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it just makes me happy and it gives me hope as well. I'm still young, so... That's why yeah, that's why my mother doesn't ask. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're you're still really young. Um, I don't know. Like, this was a first for me dating someone. Someone who's like Middle Eastern. Hey, darling. Yeah. You seem to have dodged. Like, have your has your family started pressuring you to marry someone yet? Because uh, I know no. there's a story here. Oh, that. Well, uh, just like when I was 16. Well, when I was 16, there was pressure for me to marry a cousin of mine. But that that's not even that weird. Of a narrative, no. I mean, no. that's it. That's all. I mean, since I recently, like, I think everyone's given up, so there's no question about it. They will give up at some point for sure. Yeah, they get bored. They go. They move on to the next person. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah. someone really cares, they will totally see past that. My brother is an exactly. example. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm we so all... glad you have your brother. Yeah. And I awesome. do. Shout outs to our very accepting specific family members. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Because they added more than they think they do. They really did help. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the people who help us don't even know the impact they have. They don't. They really don't. Like my brother really yeah. did change my life. My mother as well. My mother, she's. It's not. I can't say my mother is supportive, but she just wanted to make sure that I'm not being harmed, period. This is this is all what it was about. She might not have been able to understand what being trans is or how it works, but you know, she helped me leave Algeria as well. So she helped me in the process of convincing my dad to leave. Of course, oh, wow. of course, my family didn't think that I was leaving forever. In case you all thinking, so, yeah, I was like, I yeah. I came up with the whole story that like I'm going to like study in Malaysia. Then bye, bitch. So, <laughs> you yeah. said I can swear, so take me as I am. No, 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 no. I was like. I was saying it the family thing, not the swearing thing. I'm kidding. So, yeah, I mean, I did that. I kind of just left. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you, so when you left Algeria, you knew, you knew that you weren't going back? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I was like, I can never yeah. come back here. It's, it was hard to leave to begin with till the last I'm second. Sure. It was very hard. It's not just that, like the Algerian people like even in the airport and like you're leaving like there must be something wrong you know uh, do you have your uh, plane tickets for like the return plane tickets oh do you have that do you have that like it's as if like they envy you for leaving you're like you're leaving and we're not so we can't let you do that but since ever yeah. I, ever since I left I did that and I also thought to myself Algeria is totally gonna have a lot going on when the elections happen and well my predictions I wish they oh weren't oh my god yeah yeah, this is what is happening, in case you all don't know. It's an entire mess now. Yeah, so much. All of a sudden, Algeria, like, Algeria is all over the news all of a sudden. I know. I yeah. know, right? Oh, I my hope God. Because it's very overwhelming. I'm sure. How hard is it just not to be completely, like, glued to your phone, like, just looking for updates? Oh, my God. Tell me about it. I'm always looking for updates, always asking my friends. And, and it's kind of... Because I had I had a cultural shock, like I had a cultural shock being in Asia, and I um, I had my cultural shock being here just like a month ago, and it's quite hard because it's like, well, I love 
my culture. I love my tradition. I love being Algerian, but like, why did I have to leave? Mm-hmm. Why do I not have a choice of being both? And it just sucks to keep thinking about that. But yeah. and now with all of this happening, a part of me is like, it's gonna be for the best, and I just hope it's gonna change for the people in the future because they need yeah. it. All right. So and at least you know you'll always sorry you'll always be Algerian no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah, to me, yeah. That's, this is what it's about. So, well, um, this took an unexpected turn. I know. It's like, hey, it looks like we were wrapping <laughs> up at the 30 minute mark, and oh, hey, 20 minutes later. I know. <laughs> hey, good, good reasons. All right. So, do we want to do a fresh outro so we don't have to re edit this too heavily? Sure. What do you mean? Adam, where can everyone reach you? Uh, so, yeah, you can reach me already on Instagram. It's at the Adam Darko. Yeah, hit me up whenever if you need any advice, if you need anything I can help with, I'm down. Awesome. And you can find us at The Queer Arabs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. We have a website, thequeerarabs.com. And then the uh, Arabic side of our podcast, led by Ahmed, can be reached at thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com. And thank you, Adam, for being willing to be on the Arabic side. That'll be amazing. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, this was a really cathartic conversation. Uh, hey, Adam, quick question. Is your, is your picture posted? I'm pretty sure your picture is posted to Instagram, correct? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so... I'm going to give you a picture because you asked me for it. Okay, perfect. Uh, But So everyone needs to check out Adam's Instagram because he is gorgeous. Ladies, men, who who can respectfully look and every... Yes, look respectfully. Thank you. (laughs) All right, bye everyone. Thank you so much, Adam. Mm -hmm.